Welcome to One More Turn, a classic gaming podcast that's always free to play. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. So, Kevin, this week we're going to be talking about Guilty Gear X2, or Guilty Gear XX, or I can save you, I can save you your, your standard intro of, is it Guilty Gear XX or is it Guilty Gear X2? How do you say it, Kevin? I call it uh, Guilty Gear XZZ. Well, that works better oh, for the okay. new version that comes out, Exert. Exert, so, yeah. This episode, we're bringing on a Guilty Gear X, X expert. We're bringing on guest expert friend, Alice Lee. Hello, Alice. Hello. She is the lead editor, sorry, oh gosh, I've already messed this up. <laughs> the lead editor from the yearbook office and co-host of the amazing gaming podcast, Girlfriend Mode. Welcome, Alice. Hello. Well, thank you. Hey, Alice. I must say, I really enjoy Girlfriend Mode. I wish you guys were on more than once a month. I I wish we were on more than once a month too, but unfortunately, it's it's and now we've only been doing them every two months. But it's just because our schedules haven't really aligned. But and also and also, it's tough to play a lot of new games to talk about more for more than once a month. No, we we certainly feel we feel that burn, even if it's not for newer games, even if it's older yeah. ones. Yeah. That was, I think, was one of our first, one of our first major discussions in, in this podcast was, how often can we legitimately do this, knowing that we actually, that we need to play these games? Right. Well, and, and you set up the criteria that you're playing games that you've already played or you're familiar with. Like that, that's much smarter than, than I have to play a new game this month, every month. That's, that is fair. Yeah. That is fair. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of pressure does that put on you? You just, you know, do you play something you like? Do you just play something? You know, do you seek out something? You just, do you just do whatever? Yeah, that's the problem I always have for our recommendations, you know? Same, same deal. We do play stuff that we like, but there have been times where both of us have played things for deadline, basically, where we set up a (laughs) podcast recording time and it's like, oh crap, I haven't played anything new since, since the last month. Um, Grab that copy of Zork. Grab (laughs) Zork and start going. (laughs) Yeah. What happens? What happens if you, if you're playing something, you're like, well, I don't, not really enjoying this. There have been there have been some dry months. We've we've worked around it. We're getting pretty good at filling space with nothing on air. <laughs> That's what every writer will tell you. That <laughs> I fill a lot of I, I fill a lot of space with nothing. <laughs> sure, it beats having Tom Clancy as a role model. <laughs> if we're talking we're talking Guilty Gear X two, and this is I believe the first time we've discussed a a fighting game on Ooh, this show. Exciting. And so I wanted to know, uh, as as initial discussion, now fighting games, you know, they are it's a game of, of direct competition. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing this question out out to the out to the team. What's the the most competitive uh, that you have that you have been for a particular for a particular video game? Can be a fighting game, could be uh, an RTS, could be any, any, it could be a lot of things. But how how involved have you been on whether it's a the formal competition scene or even just playing with friends? Uh, I'd like to go start with you, Alice. Oh gosh, not at all. Um, I really do like competitive multiplayer games, but I'm very not good at them. But I, but I, that that doesn't mean I don't like. I still enjoy playing them a lot. Um, with Guilty Gear in particular, we everyone at my college played it, and I went to this small school in Milwaukee, and it was weird because when I got there, basically everyone was playing this game, and I had no idea what it was. Um, but it was a fighting game, and I, I already loved fighting games. So I got super into it, and and we we played it a lot. Actually, so uh, I'm friends with Patrick Miller, who uh, is a is a dude in the fighting game community. He wrote a great book about how to play Street Fighter, and I was ta- I was telling him this story, and he was like, "Yeah, there the people in the in the Midwest sure do love like anime fighting games. They just they're huh. really popular in the Midwest for some reason. Like like he'll run into people and they'll say like, oh yeah, I grew up in Chicago and we played Arcana Heart or we played Melty Blood or something. And it's like it's like why aren't you playing Street Fighter? Yeah, that that is a, that is a, that's a strange kind of phenomenon for a a region that you can't go outside of your house for four months at a six to four to six months at a time. Sure. Maybe that maybe that's it. Like, oh, now we have the time to to learn how to force Roman cancel. <laughs> well, maybe maybe people in Indiana, Jim, just like anime. I mean, I mean, this is a a stereotype that we're just not aware of yet. That is very true. Yeah. Anime is very popular in the Midwest, but. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's just a stereotype that has not hit the broader culture or broader, uh, uh, US yet. They're, they're corn huskers. They farm, you know, and they like their Dragon Ball. What can you say? 
I can't wait to hear that next generation of college football team names then. I'm just imagining the Key and Peel sketch with like the um Sure, they're their college football names. Yeah, the oh, Wisconsin no. Super Saiyans and the Michigan Sailor Scouts. And the and the Illinois and the Illinois giant robots and Oh, let's start this league. The right Kentucky now. Kaiju, I like it. <laughs> you know how a few weeks back, Jim, I was trying to come up with some money making ventures? Right there. The Midwest <laughs> competitive anime league. <laughs> Whatever sure. game, we'll just find a game. Maybe guilty game. In the past, we've discussed why mutant league football hadn't come back. This is an extension from that. Sure. sure. Shoot, there's there's a new anime game that's super popular. The game is called Undernight in Birth Exe Colon Late. That it, it just came out on PS3 in Japan, and it like everyone. I work at Riot Games. Um, I don't I don't work on the on League of Legends, but I, I work there, and at, at everyone at Riot was talking about this game for for like a week. So you, I'm sorry. So you're talking about uh, you went to school, and uh, there was mm-hmm. some type of competition. Was there com- competitive? And Guilty Gear was kind of the, for whatever reason, was the, the game to play amongst your yeah. friends and colleagues and peers. Mm-hmm. And, and w- um, um, amongst the people who weren't playing World of Warcraft anyway. Yeah, we we played it a lot. Um, I wasn't. I was one of the better people, but it was a super small pool. It's like big fish in a small pond. Um, the the only actual sort of competition I ever got was, uh, we would go down to Anime Central, which is the big anime convention in Chicago, and they would always have a setup with it with an arcade cabinet, and and I would play people there, like not in a tournament, just like pickup matches, and I I usually lost, but I I, I went I would win a few times. Um. So like that's that's as close to competitive as I've ever gotten, and I'm nowhere near like that was my peak, and that was eight years ago now. So those skills have all atrophied away. How about how about you, Kevin? What's uh what's been the most competitive that you have been for a game? I, so I'll be I'll be blunt. Uh, I don't like I, I really prefer playing comp- competitively locally. I'm not a big competition over the internet kind of person because mm-hmm. I like to maybe. I don't know. Usually you're hanging out with friends. Maybe you like to have a drink while you're doing it. I just, I don't know. I mm-hmm. prefer the local, local, uh, uh, gameplay. Uh, so, I mean, I've done all of them. You know, I did like Counter-Strike and Halo all over land. Uh, but the one I usually come back to is probably Goldeneye in high school. I'm sure yeah. everybody has a Goldeneye story in high school. Uh-huh. And it would be, we, we weren't even, I'm not even sure I'd call it competitive, but it was pretty competitive. <laughs> Uh, it was more of just like the competition wasn't necessarily always the game. The competition was like, how long can you stay awake to play this game at whoever's house you were at? Like right. you going to bed, you were you were a jerk for going to bed. So we would have like we would just be up from like, you know, we'd start at like nine or ten or eight sometimes. And it would be like four or five in the morning. And it's still like the same four four to eight people just rotating in and out of, of Goldeneye. Gotta do another proximity mines only in the library. Oh, Gotta God. do another one. So bad, what, was your, yeah. what was your favorite mode? I, I remember uh, we really liked playing remote mines in the bunker because you, <gasps> we, we learned that you could throw the mine and then detonate it in the air if you pressed the buttons correctly. Yeah. So yeah. you could use them like as grenades or as, or you could fake out people and then, and then they would just sort of leave traps. It was, it was, that was my, always our favorite. Oh yeah, we we always liked rocket launcher. Whatever the whatever the rocket launcher equivalent is, we would just do in, in the similar thing where it was just like a sm- super small confined space of rocket launcher fights. I think that was our big our big thing. And the more and usually it was like the more guys you could take out at once, we kind of added like extra points between our friends. Like not like unofficially. Like if you can get mm-hmm. all the other three out at once, like you kind of like won. Yeah, spirit points. <laughs> spirit points get you a moral victory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like we would just, if you went to bed, you were, you were the, you just got made fun of the next day. Like that's, that's the competitive spirit of it was like you, you stopping to play was failure. <laughs> it almost ended up being like your own personal bar scene where you wake up the next morning like, Oh man, you missed it. We were doing golden gun on the train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and totally. Most of the time, honestly, stone sober, like no drinking involved. That's that's. I think that was a feat unto itself at the time. Well, I imagine just the presence of that environment is is intoxicating enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how my buddy's mom didn't kill us because you know it's not like she had a huge house. <laughs> like she was down the hall. <laughs> so yeah, that was my weirdo, crazy friends. I don't know, Jim. You you get you're kind of in the league. You're in a ton of competitive stuff now. What's your how crazy you do get? Do you curse? Do you curse and scream at the screen now? 
<laughs> See, here that's actually the thing is I, I think I've actually I, I used to be uh really I used to be really competitive in, in my game playing in my game playing habits. Really when I realized that I wasn't talented enough in athletics that I'm like, well I gotta I gotta go I gotta go vent out this frustration someplace else and I don't have any of that anymore. As a matter of fact, like I kinda go out of my way to not get involved in anything with a ranking system. Because that's ultimately not why I play games. I don't, I, even when I'm playing board games with friends, playing to win just, it, it seems to miss, a, it seems to miss a key component that I am there playing, playing games with people to spend time with people. And just the enjoyment of their, of their company is enough that, yeah, I guess play, like winning is fun, but I'm not gonna remember that. That's also part because I have a really poor short term memory, but, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna remember who won. A TF2 match. I'm not going to remember who won uh, a game of, of Dixit. And who wins in Dixit anyway? Everyone. I've never won in Dixit, Jim. Guilty Gear actually uh, was actually, I believe it was the first fighting game that my friends and I uh, started to kind of become basement players. And mm-hmm. now that's, it's, it was a concept I learned from some of my, from one of my friends who ran the table tennis team at my school. It refers to a type of person who does not play competitively, at least not in any other place but locally, just at someone's house, presumably a basement, but they play a lot. So when they actually arrive at a competition, no one really knows how to judge, how to judge the competition in a way. Yeah. Because usually, uh, you kind of have like this kind of raw, kind of raw talent. And so that's generally what, what we would do, uh, for Guilty Gear. And then, of course, my friends, we went to, to Otakon our first year, <laughs> and there was a Guilty Gear X2 station there, and oh boy, that's when I learned just... How good that's you when were. I learned what people can do. <laughs> you learned how good you, how great you guys were? Yeah, you were just this, this, just, just this incredible everyone. team of yeah. Guilty Gear players. Just you bodied dominate. everyone out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so basically the opposite of whatever, of that one, of that. <laughs> okay. uh, oh, we just got, we got destroyed. Uh-huh. But now it's interesting because... We were actually also really into Naruto Ultimate Ninja series yeah, on those PlayStation. Games, I okay, so um, I like those games a lot. I made the mistake of saying that they were good ge- fighting games in front of some fighting game people, and they they, <laughs> they browbeat me. But I I loved those games because I felt like they they were some of the best at the time for taking like a t- an anime and turning it into a video game and making it feel like the anime. Oh yeah, exactly. It's they're fantastic for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, we had um. We had imported in, I believe, I, I forget which one it was at the time. I think it was the fourth one. So it was the first Sh- Shippuden game. Oh, okay. And that was one that we all, we got together at, at a friend's basement and we just, and we played a bunch. And similarly, we went to Otakon then the next year. We saw like, oh, wow, I didn't expect to see, you know, the Japanese import of this game here. We started playing and we did then kind of just control the, control the seat. Oh, so it was the opposite of your guilty gear experience. We had to eventually just say, "Okay, I think we're done here, guys. We've been here for for an hour." Wow, you shamed everybody. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I don't actually know what happened. I think the fight, the the fighting game purists did not consider those games very good, or they did not consider those games competitive, and they were not given the attention that like a guilty gear received. Part of what I think is interesting about guilty gear, and and you learn this when you go when you are like after you're a basement player and then you go to a con or to a tournament is that there are multiple levels of understanding and, and sort of things you need to know how to do in a fighting game. And you can figure out maybe the first level on your own, but stuff like, um, stuff like, like frame canceling and combo resets and stuff, some of that stuff you probably aren't going to pick up on your own. And, like the first time you go to a tournament, you're like, Oh, this is game. This game has way more stuff in it than I had any idea. And I don't, and like when I watch high level play, I there's I know frankly that there's stuff that that's going on that I'm missing just because I don't understand it. Um, and and I'm wondering if either the Naruto games don't have that second level, or if that the, because there wasn't a lot of study of those games that people weren't playing at that second level, so it, it enabled you to, to to sort of take control because you just had a lot of experience playing it. That is actually yeah, that's a fascinating idea because I. I... I think it might be a little bit of, of both. I can't, I can't speak quite to the, the technical level that's, that's involved or whether it is, it is more of like a hands-on, more approachable mm-hmm. kind of fighting game. It, just in itself, that it really only has one standard attack button, uh, that can just be, then be used in, 
in all sorts of different ways. But yeah, I, I can certainly speak to to that to that encounter of, of being like a Soul Calibur two tournament for the first time. Yeah, like oh, this is what happens when people aren't button button mashing. Uh huh. But I can tell you that I did, actually when walking away from that event, I got possibly the best compliment I'd ever received in video game play, <laughs> where someone asked me, "What's your name on the forums?" Oh wow. And I went, "What forums?" And they just went, "Oh." And then that's when you popped your collar, <laughs> put your fist in the air, and walked out of the room like a champion? Well, sort of. I, w- I think I was cosplaying as Laharl from Disgaea, so I didn't really have much of a collar, or really much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> what What years did you go to Otakon? Oh, goodness. What years um, did you go to Otakon and play Guilty Gear, is the, is the more important question. Uh, probably 2000 and. 2002 to 2004, I'd like to say. Ooh, okay, because I went, I went to Otakon twice, 2004 and 2006. So there, there's a small possibility we ran into each other and didn't oh, know. Oh, you probably played each there's other. There's a very small possibility. <laughs> yeah. Most of my memories from the video game room was watching a person in a full Kool-Aid Man outfit playing Dance Dance Revolution <laughs> and then sitting down, getting out of their costume, and it was uh, this poor young woman just drenched in sweat. She just went... I made a mistake today. <laughs> we'll be right back on One More Turn. Welcome back to One More Turn. We're talking Guilty Gear X2. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And I'm Alice. So Jim and Alice, this week we are playing, as Jim said, Guilty Gear X2, Guilty Gear XX... Not BMXXXX. Uh, don't, some people oh. might confuse the two. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> Thumbs down. I thought that game for 10 years. Developed by Arc System Works and came out in 2002. Guilty Gear X, best described as sort of a fighting game with a lot of anime influence, or at least anime <laughs> style. How anime is it? Arc System Works kind of known, I, I would argue mostly known for fighting games now. They do like all the Blaze mm-hmm. Blue and, and Persona 4 Arena. Uh, they've mm-hmm. been around for some time and they've just done like a ton of, a ton of ports, but, but I think Guilty Gear is their, is their baby. But it came out in 2002. Other games around that time or other fighting games around that time. You got Tekken 4 a couple years before. You have Marvel vs. Capcom 2. You have King of Fighters 02. I mean, it's, it's sort of starting to become a lean and dry time for, for fighters in general. A lot of what's, you kind of have this rise of, I would say, third person action adventure kind of games around 2002 with the PlayStation 2 people are kind of excited about seeing the world that they're in the question is uh, Alice we Jim emailed you a ton of a list or he emailed you and said what games you want to play mm-hmm. and I think this was your top choice if I'm not mistaken I believe so yeah what is it about Guilty Gear uh, X2 that made you want to kind of review it and go back to it for the show I've loved this game for a long time now and Ever since I was in college, I really just fell in love with it. And then after college, new versions would come out every like two years or so. And they'd just tack on another punctuation mark to the end of it. And then I didn't really have a chance to play it with a lot of people, but I still kept buying them and I still kept playing them. And I still, I still have such a strong affection for this franchise. And now, and now, especially this year, they're finally bringing it back. And so I'm, I'm just, I was just really excited about that. And I'm just really excited about the, the franchise in general. I just, I just love Guilty Gear. Let me ask you something. Uh, you said you sure. started buying versions of this and just playing it by yourself. Can you yeah. beat the hardest mode? No. Um, I mean, I can. I can usually beat. Uh, I can usually beat the arcade mode with with my main and with a few other characters. But in the original Guilty Gear X2, the arcade mode was not that difficult. We would play the the what the hell is it called survival mode a lot, which is where you fight against computer opponents that get harder as it goes along, and you gain levels. And then every ten or twenty levels, you fight a boss who is the black version of one of the characters. It's like the shadow version of one of the characters. Right? Um, yeah, it's like a shadow. Like I think a gold one as well. There's there's a gold one as well, and eventually you get to the gold ones. Um, and we used to have a lot of fun doing that, just sort of like trying to take different characters through survival mode, see how far we could get. Um, so I, I play that mode a lot because it just has like that. That was the thing that we would sit around and do when we got tired of playing against each other. And there's like 500, right? Like in those modes, you have to get through. You can get through like 500 or something. There's some like ridiculous number. Yeah, no, it, it goes on for. It, I think it goes on just basically forever, and eventually they just start cycling through the gold um, bosses. But I, I like the highest I think I've ever gotten was in like the 300s. 
and I don't, I don't even remember what version it was on, but like sometimes you get in the, you get in the groove and you can do really well, but um, and sometimes you just get knocked out at like level twenty or thirty. Oh God, yeah, no. In in Guilty Gear X two, the second boss was Testament, and he was so che- he was so much cheese. Like it was so terrible, and we used to like that was our joke was that like Testament was just the most cheese. And he was like the second boss. And like, if you could beat Testament, you could go on a run and go, and go a while, but you would always lose to Testament. Like, like your run would be over so fast. Oh, no, absolutely. Cause if I remember like the boss version of that, uh-huh. cause Testament is a character who lays down traps. zone control. Yeah. Yeah. He lays down traps. The boss versions, like they would almost double or triple in size. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, if you're playing a mobile character and you'd know that, okay, there is a, in fact, maybe like a 20 pixel area of this map mm-hmm. that I can, that I can reach. <laughs> but if I go anyway, like inside and out of that, you get caught and there goes half your life. Yeah. So why X2 as opposed to just the original or even two or X itself? Guilty Gear X2 was the, it was the newest at the time. Maybe, maybe Reload had come out, but Reload was only released on the Xbox, and all the other games had been released on the PlayStation and PlayStation 2 prior to that. So we played X2 a lot. It's also faster than Guilty Gear um, X, which is also one of the sort of trademarks of the Guilty Gear franchise is that it's much, much faster than a lot of other fighting games, with the exception of the Marvel vs. Capcom series, which is also incredibly fast. Um, but like compared to a Street Fighter or to Arcana Heart, which is probably the closest anime, the closest anime series that that compares. Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear X2 is super fast, and, and that's that's part of the fun. Um, also, it just, at least with X2, it, it introduced a bunch of new characters, um, including Bridget, who is the character I played the most, despite all the problematic story elements. And also, Kevin, like, I think, in a way, that this was the, the Street Fighter 2 version of yeah. it. It was kind of the, the standard, the standard mm-hmm. version, mm-hmm. if you will. Like, there is a Guilty Gear 2 that is a completely that is not a fighting game. Yeah, and that didn't come out yeah. till like 2006 or 8, I think. Yeah, that wasn't until much later. It was the la- that was the last game they released uh in the Guilty Gear series um until Exerd's going to come out this year. And and part of that was that the Guilty Gear franchise is semi-owned by Sega and a lot of people thought that when Blaze Blue when uh they they switched over to doing Blaze Blue which was completely a proper a franchise completely owned by Arc System Works it was because they wanted to get out of Sega's thumb and and sort of do their own thing which they then did for 5 years and now they're and now they're they're finally bringing Guilty Gear back but we like there was a time, there was a period where there might have never been another Guilty Gear game which is a scary thought I I had completely written it off I I've, I've been a huge fan of the series as well as I, as I said we played a lot in we played a lot in high school I think there were, I think we played through about six different versions uh-huh. of the game, from XX to hashtag reload, possibly the first hashtag in game title history. Yeah. You know, through slash, slash, plus, accent core, accent core plus. I now know, I now heard that there is, that there was an accent core R where they kind of rebalanced some of the, yep. the boss characters, mm-hmm. uh, to make them kind of playable because <clears throat> remember Justice was always yeah, Justice was the last boss character. You were a jerk if you played her. Yeah, um, because people in in Japan in the arcades still kept playing it, so they they still released balanced versions there, and those balanced versions would usually come over to the U.S. as well. They never sold that well, though. So, it, like, it definitely its prominence, especially once um once the switch over to Blaze Blue was complete, it it lost most of its prominence. Like, it's not they stopped playing it as a featured game at Evo, um, and even like Blaze Blue, um, Blaze Blue Persona Four Arena. Which is the which is the other series that that Arc is doing now? Um, those haven't really had the same prominence that Guilty Gear used to have back in like two thousand two, two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the how it was popular in Japan and the arcades. It's like it came out mm-hmm. in an interesting time in U.S. gaming. Like you know, the arcade was kind of pretty much dead at this point, even though yeah. you didn't have mobile mobile gaming yet. And most of that was due just to the consoles being on par to look and style. Yeah, but yeah, I I I, I mean, I can recall you know in like ninety eight when or whenever Street Fighter 3 came out and like nobody caring in my neighborhood about it. Like, like people, yeah. guys who are just stoked about 2 and love 2 would be like, I don't want to play 3. Who cares? And I don't want to play it in arcade. I'll wait till I get the home version, you know? Yeah. So I, I find that kind of fascinating that it's like, it's this weird, interesting time where it's still kind of popular in arcades and in, in Japan, obviously, where, mm-hmm. where that, uh, the arcades didn't really die out until the mobile stuff came along. But here it's just like nobody's playing fighting games anymore except for Tekken and maybe like Soul Calibur. 
what is it about the fighting style Guilty Gear X2 that? Because it's a lot of, uh, there's this, I don't know if this is the start of it. My history of fighting games is pretty limited, to be quite honest with you, especially mm-hmm. after like 98. From what I can gather, is Guilty Gear one of these first ones where you're starting to like really memorize frame rate or frame animations and things like that? And that's like an important part of play. No, I think I think that goes back even to Street Fighter Two and, and older games. I, I mean this the speed is definitely one thing. It's it's super fluid. Like I every time I every time I play Street Fighter Four, I just feel like the the whole thing is like caked in mud and just like it, it just feels it just feels like I'm slogging around and then Oh, I absolutely agree. And and it's funny because even Blaze Blue compared to Guilty Gear is is much slower. I keep talking about the speed, but I can't stress enough just like how much that feels night and day between Guilty Gear and any other fighting game. With with again, with the exception of the Marvel series, which is also incredibly fast. But with Marvel, there's so much stuff on the screen because you've got the three characters with the assists and stuff. There's like like shit's flying everywhere on the screen, and Guilty Gear has is like a, is a microcosm of that because you only have one character and then and there's zoning and stuff, but it's not it's not to that level. Oh, oh, absolutely, and I. Heck, I would recommend, uh, if the listeners is not entirely familiar with the entire cast here, is look up or, or look up any a video of, of Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be a professional video, but just in general, like watch it kind of Street Fighter 4 is, is played and paced. Mm-hmm. And then go to any video of someone playing Milia Rage in Guilty <laughs> Gear. And it is, it feels like you're playing almost like three different arcade games all play, like all done at like double or triple speed. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually that's actually why I got I got really fascinated with the game in the first place. That's why it stuck with me. One, because it was super anime, and I hadn't seen that before mm-hmm. in a fighting game, with the exception of the first ever fighting game that I ever played, which was Run the Half Hard Battle on the Super Nintendo. But the speed and the idea when a friend would look at the game and say, "What is going on right now?" I'm like, "Oh, that's just one of Faust's special moves." That has a big place in my heart just for that is <laughs> yeah. this, the hyper aggressive speed to it. Just in general, that's, that's the sort of game that I, that I really take to in a game where I know I'm not, I'm not going to be plotting things out. I'm, I'm not totally invested with experiencing the game outside from one center, one center point, which is my character in this place. It's kind of why I liked Red Alert 2 as a, as a real time strategy game because it was just, there was a zone that you mm-hmm. would kind of fall into or just, mm-hmm. Where there is there is constant buttons that need to be pressing. Yeah, um, th- there also were just mechanics in the game that made it faster. Like there's air dashing, there's the there's dusting, which is knocking people super high into the air, so you, you go flying in like an in an anime sort of kung fu style. There's there's a lot of that. Um, the other thing I think is that Guilty Gear X2 remained 2D when a lot of the other franchises went 3D. Um, it also had some of the highest res uh, at the time sprite art, and so like the, it looked amazing. And that's one of like Arc System's trademarks. Um, there, there's like Exerd and uh, Persona 4 Arena are now more 3D based or, or 2.5D based, but at, like at the time it felt like a throwback when you compared it to like Soul Calibur and Dead or Alive or Tekken. Those those games which which were, were 3D and Guilty Gear felt like old school to me, and and that was one of the appeals of it. Yeah, or even Power Stone and Smash Brothers are about coming out yeah. a couple years prior to that. We'll be right back on one more turn. Welcome back to One More Turn, where we're talking Guilty Gear X2. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And I'm Alice. I have a, a question to ask. Now, uh, Alice, you had mentioned previously that uh, Bridget Bridget was your main. Yes. Now, personally, I didn't, I feel like I don't necessarily have a main. Like, I had a collection of characters that mm-hmm. I kind of played off and on. I wasn't as competitive enough to just stick with one character, mm-hmm. also because I thought a lot of the characters were just super cool, and I just wanted to see all of them and yeah. all their sweet moves. So I wanted to ask, how how do you choose a main? So in my case, I wanted to be a Bridget main because I liked the character. Again, the Bridget has a pretty problematic story and 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 has a a problematic history on the internet. I really liked the character. I liked the design. Um, I liked the I liked the yo yo mechanic and the the Roger Teddy Bear mechanic. Um, so I just sort of focused on him 
as and played him more than everyone else. But part of playing fighting games is you have to know what everyone can do in order to, to know how to counter them. So you have to sort of get familiar with all of the characters, which means playing them all, you know, one at a time until you, you understand them. So I remember one time we were playing and I was playing May against my friend and he, he turned to me and he said, you should just be a May main because you're, you're much better with May than you are with Bridget. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> But um, but but Bridget's not going to be an exert, so I'm probably I'm probably going to have to switch anyway. So oh no, are there other characters they're leaving out? Is Doctor Paradigm in it? No, he's an Overture character. Overture characters are so weird. There's like one character in there that's supposed to be uh the son of Kai and Dizzy. In my in my head, that causes all sorts of problems. Yeah, is it is that Bedman? No, uh, Bed Bedman is Bedman is someone completely different. This is there's a character I think it's just called Sin Kis, uh, Kisuke. Oh God! And it just looks like a younger Kai. Yep. And oh. Kai himself is already really young. Yeah. Who actually I would like to to mention that I think from playing Guilty Gear X two, I actually only learned he had a ponytail recently. And <laughs> for someone who takes a lot of, I try to memorize characters' hair, not really? consciously. Uh-huh. It just sort of happens. <laughs> <laughs> I I was gone like I I was inconsolable for quite some time. I don't think I've still quite gotten over it yet. Yeah. Is he old enough in in the game story that it's bad for him to have the ponytail? Or are you just against ponytails on guys in general? It's an interesting look kind of given the rest of his like holy order robe. Yeah. That's true. Because there's already it's already already a very complex design. Uh-huh. And I remember I I've been researching when it comes to uh to fashion. Is that you don't want to you don't want to be loud from head to toe. That's true. If you're you're gonna you need to like accent something. Are you saying that Kai is a fashionable man here that he needs <laughs> to be in this Guilty Gear universe? Like, <laughs> like is is Kai? The the question is is you you have to be fashionable, but does Kai know that? It is the future after all. It <laughs> okay. is the the twenty second century. And he and he has to face up against like the the Saul bad guy who's got that like Mick Jagger swagger to him. So. He has to be the. He, oh, I think yeah. he has to be the pretty boy in comparison. So Kevin, so tell me when when you're playing a fighting game, okay, or or you're playing a game that has just a lot of characters to choose from. Mm-hmm. Now I, I I know whether it is a fighting game, whether it's a, a MOBA. What what do you look for? I usually fall into the balanced character. So I, in in Guilty Gear, I I would pick like a Saul. Someone who I usually am a, di- a little more of a distance fighter and set up, you know, use a lot of distance attacks to set up sort of a, a combination, like a, a dive in and combination kind of. A, 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 that's usually yeah. my main mode of attack is like try to get the person on the defense and then run in and combo them up. Not a very good strategy, I know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I usually go for in any game, but specifically this, I'd probably go for the balanced, the balanced character, the one who has a little bit of everything, a little bit of distance, a little bit of close attacks. I usually don't like big, strong, you know, uh, characters that rely on throws. I don't like throws mm. attacks. The slow character. No, no Potemkin. In this case, Saul. I'd go Saul bad guy, even though he has maybe the worst name I've ever read in my life. <laughs> it's an amazing name, especially yeah. because he's the anti-hero. He's the one who saves the day. <laughs> it's like bad guy is his last name, really. I mean, I know he's self-named, but like, come on. Come on, dude. There's a million names. Out I don't there. necessarily know if that's a if that's a if that's the most critical name here. Yeah. Given that a lot of the characters in this are named after or named after metal bands. Yeah. Some of them really obscure metal bands. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got introduced to this game, not from the game, but because I was driving with a friend and they had the soundtrack mm. on. Like, what is this? This is like this sounds like if if like Joey Satriani did the music for a video game. So that's that's actually a pretty fair assessment here. Yeah, I have I have to admit I love the series and I've never gotten into the music because it's just not my thing. And I know and I know everyone loves the music and it's just like that was that's been the one aspect of the series I've never been able to crack. <laughs> you know the joke I was gonna have for you guys was I was gonna say I was gonna give you a bunch of names to tell you are they a metal band or are they a character in this game? And the, or the answer would be both to all of them, yes. right? <laughs> Yeah, you got your Justice, your Slayer, you know. Testament. Testament. ABBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ABBA. Axel oh, Low. Come on now. What I know is supposed to be Brian Eno, uh-huh. which that goes that goes pretty far away from the whole from from metal, <laughs> especially from the character that's like supposed to be the like the center point, the main villain of yeah. Guilty Gear X Two. Uh-huh. It's really strange that like, we're gonna take this character and we make her this this rock witch. 
and we're gonna need, and we're gonna have her in this like Ray Bradbury esque. And the game's called Guilty Gear X Two: The Midnight Carnival. Uh huh. So we have like this something wicked this way comes <laughs> scenario. Well, that's a very Alice Cooper. That's an Alice Cooper reference. The Midnight Carnival. He had Alice Cooper had some type of carnival thing that was like his big uh-huh. deal. It might have been called the Midnight Carnival. If I'm, I might be recalling that wrong though. But I know that was his whole thing. I have learned something new here on, on one more turn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so strange that we're going to take the, the hard rockin' witch and then, you're going to name for Brian Eno, yeah. you know. We're next, we're going to have a character named the, like, Aphex Twin. What reason I was asking about, uh, choosing mains is I mostly, I mostly go just by art style. Like, I don't actually care how the character plays. Really? When I first was loading up the game and, first of all, for Guilty Gear X2, it has all the characters playable off the top with the exception of the the boss characters who really are not balanced. There's like the Guilty Gear X2 Robokai who is different than all the other Robokais. Oh god, Robokai. Yeah, no, the the sad fate of Robokai. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I remember going through the entire list. Actually, I just picked up a couple fighting games uh, for my my couch computer, which means I get to go through all the fun of unlocking everybody (laughs) because there's no codes for that anymore. Yep. Boo. I go mostly just by how the character looks from the from the character select screen so i'm just going through here I'm like oh there's i don't i never like playing ryu and ken so we're just gonna we're gonna get rid of them mm. i see this character has a dolphin i'm in <laughs> sign me up sign me up for may this character has a, a completely unwieldy weapon yeah. and it's hilarious and she's adorable and she has an attack where like a killer whale just comes like <laughs> and it's wonderful you didn't tell me this was prop comedy <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> for those at home jim just pulled a whale out of his pocket i'm really good at my double quarter circles you're you're a real pirate and you're a real lady pirate i've been waiting my entire life for someone to say that and I feel that like once I kind of got say ingrained with the uh, with with the characters with the character's art style, picking up a character I feel almost feels like using a, a different tool in a way where you, there's a different job that needs to be completed. In this case, it's always defeating the opponent, mm-hmm. but every character goes about it in a slightly different way. I've been in reading up about and quote researching for this show. Uh, I've been been reading a lot of of ABB's Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Where she just goes on about about Millie Rage and how <laughs> Millie Rage is the greatest character, and I am it's pretty convincing, <laughs> uh, and and uh, she and she likens uh, Millie Rage to be like a scalpel. Full full disclosure: Faust fights with a scalpel. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> there is a scalpel Fair. weapon in this game. <laughs> that is true, except it's like twelve feet long. Yes, because he's twelve feet tall, and sometimes he uses a baseball bat. And I think that's actually kind of a fascinating in a way of. of almost reading how I myself solve problems or when there is something that is going on maybe that I don't quite know how to handle and and addressing and addressing well how do how do you come up to or how do I personally come up with a solution to that and instead of going through um, a quizilla quiz or BuzzFeed article about this instead it's about choosing like your fighting game character in a way like is this something that you want to sit back and and assess and research or is it something that you want to just just run in on or just stand right in the middle of everything and just and just hope for the best and maybe you can get your Potemkin buster off but i mean i think when when you get to high levels of play it there definitely is a meta game of i think the the best example of this is this year at evo in the Marvel vs. Capcom 3 finals, Justin Wong faced off against, uh, I forget who it was. The key is he specifically developed tech, or he developed a strategy to counteract his opponent because he knew he would meet his opponent somewhere in the tournament, and it happened in the finals. And he'd, oh, wow. And he'd been playing this against this other guy all year long, and basically just like, he, and this guy was known for one strategy, these, this one three character strategy, and Justin Wong d- figured out a way to beat him by using a, like, using other characters to beat him, but he didn't bring it out until the finals of wor- of the world championship and that's like such a cool thing and so i think like wh- when you get to the highest levels of play it's it's definitely stops being about who the characters are and, and, and is entirely about what they can do but um i think for, for people like us who are basically I, I hate to say the word we're basically casuals like it, it <laughs> like for me as, as well it's just like is the character fun to play? Does this character play to my strengths? And also, am I okay with playing this character? Because, like, a, a lot of characters um, in some of these games just, like, I don't want to play them. I call it the dizzy effect. 
so let's so maybe let's talk about these characters and maybe the story. There, well, so there is there is a story involved, but it is that it's that fighting game story. It is that ludicrous anime fighting game story. Who who knows? There are gears. They were created mm-hmm. by that man. That man. That man. <laughs> He's literally called that man. <laughs> well, let's hold on. Just know I, I have the timeline pulled up. Oh, good. Oh, I, no. I don't know if you guys realize that. We're four years into the discovery of magic. The discovery of a magic was in 2010. Uh, also, this timeline calls 19, uh, the, the year from 1200 to 1900 as the first millennium, even though that's the second millennium. So this, <laughs> this might not be an official timeline. And, <laughs> and this year specifically, the gear project started 2014. I believe it's a defense tool, right? So we're not going to hear about it for a very long time. I, th- I thought I donated to their Patreon. <laughs> I get regular updates as to how what's being infused into Saul Bad Guy this time. Yeah. This time he's got Google Glass. Uh, well, you, it is the tip, it is the typical. I don't want to say typical, but it is the craziness that is every fighting game, which is like they just they shoehorn a conflict between every single character, so that when you mm-hmm. face off between those characters, it's just like you know a guy pointing at the other you. Met me for coffee once and stood me up. Let's fight. Like, it's like seriously like the most <laughs> insane reasons to fight at times. It's like scandal. The story in Guilty Gear in particular is even more over the top. And I don't think fighting games were particularly known for having complex stories. Characters would have a backstory in Street Fighter and they would, and there was like the endings that they would get if they beat arcade mode. But the idea of having a full story mode with like little cutscenes and stuff, I feel like Guilty Gear was one of the first that I saw that in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know the story mode in Guilty Gear X, too. Like, you would have, like, branching paths uh-huh. and the like. Yep. Everyone has three endings. Yeah. We got especially weird for characters like Axel, whose <laughs> whose background is he's actually from the 20th century, but <laughs> fell into a time warp, and he's just trying to get home. <laughs> so while he has three different endings, they could all technically be canonical <laughs> in this kind of primer multiverse kind of scenario. Who even knows who he is and where, where he's supposed to be? He is... He is living his own version of sliders. Yeah. I think actually the Blaze Blue games took took this to the next level because their story is even more convoluted, but they the whole the whole Blaze Blue story is based, at least in the first game, is based on the idea of a time of like a like a like time as a loop or time as a as a flat circle. And so like as the idea that you're playing arcade game and you get to the end of the game and then you have to defeat the, you have to defeat the the thing in the core and it your your character yeah, your character falls into the the center of the world, it resets time to back at the beginning, which is like you starting arcade mode again and they've made the story based on that when i when that occurred to me while, while i was playing it just like blew my mind well i think it's them just kind of admitting in place but like you know what story is so silly like once you end it you want to start over anyway so why not just make the game and just make the story that the story becomes trying to break the cycle of of the time loop and stuff and like there's there's little hints that like noel has has gone through the time loop like 30 times or something like that it's it's really it's really interesting but there's like th- those the the stories in arc system work games are so detailed there's so much storytelling and it's from the genre that you don't typically get storytelling from and, that, and that's another reason why i like them writers must have really enjoyed the prince of persia trilogy <laughs> I'm just I just want to tell you guys what's coming up in the future. So okay. eventually All right. that man is gonna create that man. Capital T capital L. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You need to pronounce it that man. That man. That man. He's coming Metal he's gear. He's going to make the perfect gear, which whatever that means. Uh-huh. Uh I don't have no idea the difference between a regular gear and a perfect gear. That says something about my knowledge of cars. Uh, and then there's gonna be a holy war, guys, between the gears, which are zombies kind of like mm-hmm. basically think resident evil 2 bioweapons and human humankind so look forward to that in 2074 we've now we've now crossed into terminator mode by the way also they won't refer to the united states in this game as the united states they just call it a country yes a country <laughs> right because i think later on uh chip zanoff which there's a couple of strange a couple of strange details kind of going on in this in this game now for kind of diverse characters that they have in the, the wide cast. There's almost like little subsets where these characters all have a heavy like a heavy relationship with one another or they have deep more detailed relationships with one another. There's like the there's the May ship and that has, you know, Johnny and May and, and Dizzy involved. There's the there's the Assassin's Guild, which involves like Slayer and Venom and Eddie 
and Milia. Those are like where their their main story story components are. Chip Chip kind of goes off on his own thing, mm-hmm. which he he sort of represents these strange scenarios that are going on with kind of the geography of it because he is this you know he's a he's an American character with a fascination with Japanese culture. Except in this world, Japan's been destroyed. There's a, a cultural phenomenon of of Japanese either movies or games. Uh, that kind of revolve around the, the kind of destruction of Japan. Mm-hmm. This this form of nationalism, I believe. Well, in in fear of in fear of the rising power of Japan after World War II, like you, right. you see that with Godzilla, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were that they're aware that you know specifically after World War II, it's like oh that 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 was a very real that was a very real possibility, and now and it kind of and it gets and it is. And it gets mentioned a bit often. Mm-hmm. Now, Chip specifically, I know later on in the story, he tries to be, he wants to become president, and specifically the title is President of the Country. <laughs> Do they still play the uh, strike up the band music when you walk into the room? Dun dun da 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 da, a country. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I pledge allegiance to the country. <laughs> And this metal band playing behind me. There, the story has a lot of those sort of floating characters. Like you have, um, you have Bridget who's trying to learn how to be masculine, and um, then you have Jam who is trying to run her restaurant, and you have Faust who's just wandering around and running into everyone. Yeah, yeah, and especially those are the characters that almost have the filler arcs. Uh huh. Where like all of a sudden, like, oh, now Jam's crushing on Kai, <laughs> and it's kind of adorable. May May Bald Radar. She hates bald people. That is the most anime that this is. Yeah. Oh god. We have this cute character who just hates bald people. And she runs into she runs into Faust and she's like, "You," because Faust wears a paper bag over his head, and she's like, "You're you're bald under there." We haven't officially given this the anime number yet. Maybe we can do that in here in a minute. Here, uh, I want to know a little round robin. Each of you are kind of summing up summing up Guilty Gear X two. You know your final thoughts. I guess we'll. I'm gonna start with uh, with you, Alice. What what? How do you feel? No, Guilty Gear is Guilty Gear is great, and it holds up. And it's it's if you're gonna play a fighting game for the first time, it's definitely jumping in the deep end of the pool. But I think that's okay. the The art and the story and the wacky characters and all the other stuff make it a lot less serious than a lot of other fighting games, which also makes it a good entry point. And and I just I just love it so much. It is a fighting. It is a more serious fighting game that I think getting in with with friends will create more laughter, mm-hmm. I think, than most traditional fighting games yeah. would be. I only say traditional there because there's the Smash question in there, sure. but well, ignore that for now. Uh that's its own that's its own episode. <laughs> Maybe its own show. But because everything just feels quite just so over the top. It's and, wacky. And where oh, completely. Hijinks abound in every yeah. button press. It's like an it's like an old Warner Brothers cartoon where like people like like Faust is throwing donuts on the ground, and May is riding a dolphin, and uh, Bridget has I, I it know flying with as a guitar. A yeah, and Bridget has a flaming teddy bear on a tricycle. Like it's it's it has everything. And instant kill moves, which are people should generally never try to do because they're too hard to do. <laughs> well, they're too hard to, to work, and then you're just then you wind up self destructing. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things that a couple of, of thoughts that I've had in going back to this game. One was was mentioned. It's mentioned me on Twitter that I thought was a, was an interesting thought about in fighting games about characters the use of characters move set and entirely what they have. So this is it is what the I guess maybe like a now standard uh, like four button fighting game I believe mm-hmm. like uh, you know quick hit, uh, you know quick punch quick slash strong strong slash punch strong slash yeah uh, with like a couple other with a couple other ones you know do your dust button uh-huh. and the like. And I always gotta wonder in how useful are all of those attacks? Some of them are, are ultimately kind of in there just as combo filler. Well, the Arc System Works games in particular, they tend to use four buttons, and they tend to be labeled A, B, C, D. And the idea is you should be able to create a combo by doing an A attack into a B attack into a C attack into a D attack. Um, and so you just sort of go around the world on your on your controller or your stick, and and that's and so that's one of the reasons why they've maintained those is because it's 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 an easier way to to bring people in. You can you can generally if you get off an A attack, you know you can chain it into a B, C, and D. Oh yeah, and absolutely, and and because I think combo combos are generally seen uh, as 
the either I would say the technical level, mm-hmm. but that that's that's like the easiest way to show that I have experience in this game. Yep. You know, it, it isn't quite as as prevalent as say like you know Killer Instinct, mm-hmm. where that's the entire point, like the entire point of the game. Sure. But I also I also wonder kind of the different. Like, I, I I do question sometimes the 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 reliance on kind of the combo system, maybe at the point on, but maybe at the, the cost of even just like different initiations or even even just like kind of character flavor. Yeah. And it's, and, and I kind of, and I wonder about that. Oh, you know, Soul Calibur was something that was, that I felt was like really guilty of that simply because it just had, every character had a hundred different moves. Mm-hmm. But either way, like Guilty Gear still holds like a, it still holds its, its trance. It still has, a, it still cast a spell on me. Yeah. Where I had kind of forgotten about it for a long time because, you know, Blaze Blue had, had, ultimately knocked it out of my memory mm-hmm. and I see Exerd and I see video of Exerd and I am I am relapsing. I am full <laughs> I'm I'm fully excited about this game now. Like Alex said, I enjoy the speed. I like I like a fighting game that has a little more a little more pace to it. I hate slow and methodical. It reminds me too much of boxing. Boxing's boring as hell and awful. Uh, 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 but look I'm a story man. I love just, I love getting into stories and I just want to know, I just want to read some of these novels now. Guilty, guilty, guilty gear X novel, lightning, the Argent, guilty gear X novel, the butterfly and her gale. I mean, this just sounds beautiful to me. Get some of the drama CDs too. (laughs) Sure. You can read a fan translation along with it. I want to play as Johnny, you know, I just like someone named Johnny. Like just, Hey, let's just call this guy Johnny. No reason. Let's not give him any more personality than that. It's just Johnny. Well, there's a history of that in fighting games. Yeah. That kind of Johnny Cage, where any character named Johnny needs sunglasses. That's just a standard. You know, look, I'm not a huge fighting game person, honestly, but I I enjoy the speed of it. I enjoy I enjoy even this little tension meter you got going on, where you're kind of rewarded for aggressive action rather than sitting back like a lot of guys do. Fun times for the whole family is what I'm saying for Guilty Gear X2. Good. So thank you so much for for joining us, Alice. Now, where can people where can people find more more works from Alice Lee? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you can find our podcast that I do with Lindsay Pavlis about video games. We do it about once a month. It's called Girlfriend Mode. It's on iTunes. You can find it at girlfriendmode.com. I also run the writing website, The Yearbook Office, um, at theyearbookoffice.com. We feature essays every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday about life and stuff. There's been a, I've written a number of pieces about video games, sort of. Um, on the site, there's one about Pokemon. There's one about... Um, uh, first-person shooters. If you dig in there, there's a, there was a series on Animal, animal Crossing as well. That's pretty much it for me. Um, I'm also on Twitter at, at Alice and stuff. I wholeheartedly recommend uh, Alice's pieces on the Yearbook Ops. They are fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for listening. One more turn is produced, created, and hosted by Jim Staholsky and Kevin King. If you have any comments or questions about today's game, Guilty Gear X2, you can email us at one more turn podcast at gmail.com. Do us a favor, rate us on iTunes or other popular podcaster sites. If you have any comments or questions directly for us, I am at Yonder Hillside, Jim. At Fuzziest Kitty. And Alice. At Alice and Stuff. IED is courtesy of Pixel Hate off his album and the Revolution. You can find more of his music at pixelh8.co.uk. Blue Pain is courtesy of Breakbeat Heartbeat and the Waveform Generators off his album 2206. You can find more of Breakbeat's music at soundcloud.com slash breakbeat heartbeat. Kevin, Kevin, what are we going to do next week? Show and tell, Jim. We gotta, we gotta dig deep, find two games, get out there, show some hustle. Because I already know who I'd pick as my main. I'm pretty boring with my mains. <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. I think I know what the answer's gonna be. <laughs> Alright, Alice. Here, do you wanna, let's put a bet on this. Is he gonna say Saul or is he gonna say Kai? Ooh, Saul. Alright, I got Kai then. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is, this is, this is the lore battle right here. I usually fall into the balanced character. So I, in, in Guilty Gear, I, I would pick like a Saul. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes!